fashion. Fashion. Beauty. Beautiful. And you have no style or sense of fashion. My name is Joyce, and I'm a shopaholic. I like my money right where I can see it, hanging in my closet. So I am going to show you guys how I do my makeup. This is my trusty makeup bag. I already have my foundation and concealer on. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. Welcome to Fashion Avenue, the podcast for fashion and beauty lovers to get inspired to follow their dreams by hearing from special guests while also soaking up the latest news and what's trending right now. I'm your host, Amber Lowther. I'm a journalist and fashion professional who understands what it's like to have big dreams and wanting to reach them. This week, I'm joined by one of Australia's top hairstylists and founder of Robe Hair Care, Lauren McKellar. After more than 16 years working in the industry and looking after the hair of Zoe Foster Blake, Dua Lipa, Alicia Keys, and more, Lauren's life changed when she was diagnosed with a brain tumor and faced the possibility of permanent hair loss. I chat to Lauren about her impressive career the story of her life-changing diagnosis and formulating hair care products that placed her as the perfect guinea pig. Now let's jump in. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me on Fashion Avenue. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming on. I'm very intrigued to talk to you because you've had such a journey, not only in your career, but your life. Mm -hmm. But before I jump into all of that, I really wanted to ask you, what did you want to be when you grew up? I really wanted to be a psychologist for a really long time. I really loved studying psychology in school. I've always been really fascinated about human behavior and what makes people do the things they do and feel the things they feel. And I think I was always really, I feel like I'm naturally very good at, well, maybe I I'm not sure if I'm good at it, but I like to think that I am good at making people feel better about themselves. And that's always been something even from a really young age. So I was very interested in thinking that I could do that as a career. So I started studying psychology at uni, but very quickly felt like I was being inundated with statistic classes and all of those things that were not part of my goal. So after I completed my first year, I started thinking about other careers and I put it to my parents. I said, I'm going to defer for a year and I'm going to go out and get some life experience because as like a 19 year old, I thought I'm not going to be a good psychologist yet. I haven't had any life experience. So I thought if I go and get a job where I can maybe travel and do some different things and then come back and continue with my psychology degree, I'll be a better psychologist in the end. So that was the goal. But when I was thinking about what job I could do, I really wasn't sure. I didn't have any particular skills in any set apart from that I thought I was good with people. And so I could see that I knew a lot of other people that had started apprenticeships in different fields. It's so interesting. How did you then find love in hair? Like how did you then kind of go, oh, this is actually something for me and I'm enjoying what I'm doing? Well, when I first started hairdressing, I had no talent or skill. And I guess as an apprentice, you don't really get an opportunity to, I mean, in the beginning, you're sweeping and looking after people and making coffees and washing hair, but all of the like washing the hair and talking to clients that 
helped me develop a, or realize that I really loved that aspect, which I suppose comes back to why I was interested in being a psychologist. It's like finding out about people, what's going on in their life and what are they doing and such a broad thing, but just having that interaction. And I really loved it. And then but it took a long time for me to get my confidence in here, to be honest. I was probably a little bit shy when it came to trying out new skills. I was always a little bit nervous. I mean, it's such a permanent thing to cut someone's hair. It's gone. And so I was always a little bit nervous. Yeah. It took me a long time to get that confidence up and find my yeah. niche, I suppose, because I think when I was learning how to be a hairdresser, it felt very dated. I mean, this was, I was a hairdresser oh. for 16 years, so it's going back a long time. But Oh my goodness. Yeah. But a lot of the training and everything, I didn't love like the hairstyles that they were trying to teach me. So it wasn't until I kind of played around with finding my own skills or sorry, finding my own little flares and things that I really loved, which was very natural and effortless, which felt like the opposite of what they were teaching and showing at that time, which was overly styled and just completely different. Once I found and had confidence in my idea of what the style was that looked good, I started to really love it. That's awesome. I love how you said about talking to people and the psychology about that because everyone says that their hairdresser is like their psychologist, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's quite (laughs) funny that I had that in my mind. I just found a different way to to be a psychologist. (laughs) (laughs) I swear our hairdressers know like everything about us. (laughs) Look, you got kind of two in one there. Exactly. And how long did it take? Yeah. How long did it take you to build up that confidence and be like, you know what? I'm confident in what I'm doing and this is my style. How long did that kind of take? How many years or months? I think it was probably about eight years, I would say, at a guess. And that was when I started to do weddings and then got really interested in doing editorial styling. And that was where I was like, oh, I'm really good at this. I'm really good at intricacies or subtleties of texture and things that maybe aren't, weren't salon style things that you would do all the time. Completely different type of skill set and techniques that are used sometimes. So yeah, I think it was around that time. And that's what got me really excited about thinking, I wonder if I could one day work in TV or work on set or move overseas. That sort of opened my mind to those ideas. Yeah, absolutely. You would have seen so many hair trends come through. You've seen it all. I remember like when I was in high school, it was all about like the mullets and having that kind of like the short layers and all of that was the big thing when I was in high school. And then the flat iron, like the really straight or the sweeping fringes. There's been a lot. (laughs) But even, yeah. Absolutely. I think even with COVID, that was a really big change that I saw that created or that fit really well with my ideals of what I think is beautiful hair, which is during COVID, we couldn't go to our regular appointments to get our regrowth touched up or we couldn't, we weren't having our regular blow waves. So people were forced to see what their hair was doing when it was left in a natural state. And when we would go back to work after the lockdowns, I found my clients were saying, I'm actually really loving my hair in this natural state. (laughs) Can we do something different to help me work with that? I don't want to necessarily cover up my greys. I'm learning to accept what my hair is naturally. And I really loved seeing that. That was 
something that I really loved. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that something so big, like a global pandemic can really shift priorities or your self-confidence. How amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so how did you end up getting celebrity clients such as Zoe Foster Blake? How did you start to build up that celebrity clientele? Well, Zoe was, I think it was when I was working at Edwards and Co. And I remember she was a client in the salon already. And I think she just had Sunny, her first baby at the time. And I remember that she was coming in and I think she, one day she was just booked in with me and I was like, is that right? (laughs) Is that that a mistake? (laughs) And I think she was looking to have a bit of a change. I think after she'd had Sunny, her hair, she was kind of not sure where she wanted to go with her hair or who she was. Like quite often that happens with women that have just had their first child. And I think she felt like if she tried a different hairdresser, maybe just once she might be able to get a fresh perspective, fresh pair of eyes. Yeah, right. And so I remember being very nervous, but we hit it off and it was really good. I think we've got a really great friendship now. She's a very helpful, bit of an unofficial mentor to me. So that very lucky. And then I remember with Olympia, I was cutting her publicist's hair and she was a very good client of mine. And Olympia came in one day and saw me cutting her friend's hair and I'd cut her hair into a very short bob and Olympia came in and she was like, oh my gosh, that looks amazing. You know how Olympia, she's just this such an energetic, charismatic bubble of energy. And she was like, I want that hair. Can you cut my hair like that? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, I'm like, I had three clients waiting. I was like, I'd love to, but, and I also don't think it's like such, it's not something you do on a whim because it was when she had very long hair. And so I said, look, I tell you what, I'm booked out for the next however many weeks, but if you want to come in at 7.30 in the morning on Tuesday, that was the only time I could think I could fit her in. I thought she'd say, not doing that. But I said, if you want to come in, I'll do it then. And at 7.30, I got to work and there she was. And so I cut her hair and she trusted me. I mean, I'd never done her hair before. So to cut all of her hair off, I think we just, we bonded immediately. And from there on in, I think it's all about trust. I think when someone, when they feel like they can trust you and that they feel heard and that you know what they want, I felt like that happened with Zoe and Olympia. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's a big part of building those really loyal long-term relationships with any client. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice. And I love how she just trusted you to do such a big change. I know. I couldn't hair, believe right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so not only have you worked with some Aussie celebrities, but you've worked with some big A-list celebrities too, like Dua Lipa, Alicia Keys, and brands like Rare Beauty and Kylie Cosmetics over in LA. How did you get yourself in front of people and brands like this? Because I know you, did you move to LA? Yeah, I did. So I moved to LA and I thought my career was going really well in Melbourne. So I thought, well, hopefully it's just as simple and I will, things will have an ongoing momentum over there, but it was very difficult to get going. I really had to learn how to back myself and talk myself up, which was something I was not good at over here. I kind of had to learn that very quickly because once you're over there and if no one knows who you are over there, 
I mean, luckily there is a big Aussie community over there. And so there was a lot of Australian girls over there, actors, models, singers that recognize that you're Australian and sort of understand and you immediately get a little bit of a a group or connection over there. But a lot of it was Instagram and luck and also putting yourself in the right positions to be in the right rooms with the right people by often doing a lot of free work, offering to come and assist. That was one of the best things actually that I did that I got out of LA, assisting people over there, just offering your services to say, I will come and carry your bags or pass you pins, get you coffee. And then once they see how you work, because they really do love Australians over there, then I felt like over there, in the States, I feel like they are very good at helping people out. So once they see that you have a really good work ethic, they'll go above and beyond. I remember, and a lot of it is luck making it like having people DM you and say, that's how Kylie Cosmetics happened. I just opened my DMs. I thought this is obviously, is this a scam? But (laughs) a lot of it is really having having to prove yourself and talk yourself up because I think as a culture in Australia, we're not taught how to talk ourselves up because of the tall poppy syndrome and it looks boastful and braggy. But over there, I really had to learn how to find a way that felt I felt comfortable in talking myself up in order to get myself yeah. in those rooms. That's a really great way to boost your confidence as well and kind of get used to doing that yeah. as well, right? Yeah. And so how did, I'm just, so you made all these connections and putting yourself out there, doing all this work, and then these opportunities came at you. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was hard. I'm not going to lie where all of those things that happened over there were amazing. But in between those moments, sometimes I was like, what am I doing here? This is so hard. Why am I doing this? But then every then something great would happen and I'd get a really great job and I'd be like, oh, that's why I'm here. This is amazing. But it was a very tiring three years. And I think I was coming back every three months to see my clients in Melbourne to touch up their color and cut their hair to keep my, I felt like I owed it to them because they, my clients were so loyal to me that I felt like I wanted to be returning the favor and coming back and showing them that I cared about their hair. And that's great. Yeah. But that was very tiring because obviously flying back and forth every few months was probably not the most profitable or great way to use my energy, but it was an amazing three years and I highly recommend it to anyone. Oh, that's great advice. I love that. You kind of need to get out of your comfort zone, right? Things. Yeah. Yeah. And you started working on your own brand, Robe Head Hair Care, after experiencing hair loss due to stress. What was your mission for the brand and what were you hearing from clients over the years that made starting a brand the right avenue for you? Well, I was a hairdresser for 16 years and in that whole time, my clients were 99% women and I was always seeing and hearing their frustrations of their own hair just as a result of the changes that they were going through in their lives. Like We all know that men experience hair loss. It's talked about and it's, it's something that's common knowledge. But as women, we also experience so many different hair changes throughout our lives. So things like yeah. postpartum hair loss and then textural changes due to hormones and aging and then shedding that's a result of stress and health issues. There's so many times in our life that our hair can go through drastic changes. And I was experiencing stress-related hair loss and 
so many of my clients were experiencing different sorts of things over the years. And when it came to trying to solve the problem by trying to find a a product to help support the hair through the changes, there was nothing. There were so many products around that were cosmetically beautiful that would give a really great result, but nothing that offered any long-term benefit. So Yeah, wow. Yeah. So I felt very frustrated by the fact that We've come to expect that our skincare can have active ingredients. So our skincare, now even our makeup can have active ingredients. But why is there nothing like that available in the hair space when so many of us will need something like that at one point or another? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And it's so interesting because I had never really experienced any hair loss or anything due to stress or hormones. But in the past, probably eight months, I ended up getting a lot of breakage and I was highly stressed and going through a lot in my personal life and work. And that was the first time that I was like, oh my God. And I was trying to find things that could possibly help. And I'm like, there's just not enough there. That's right. So yeah. yeah, And it's, unless you go through it, you don't really, you're not, you have your blinkers on, you don't really see anything. That's right. Yeah. So when I was experiencing stress-related hair loss, I even being in the industry where I had access to all the products that I and knowledge, I felt so frustrated and I felt very self-conscious about it. I was a hairdresser working in front of a mirror, looking at my hair all the time, thinking, I'm so embarrassed. What if someone can see where my hair is thinning? So I was really trying to find a solution and very quickly. And so when I couldn't find any products, I just naturally became very interested in natural ingredients and started looking into things like Chinese medicine, natural medicine, and Ayurvedic philosophies and different things like that, that all taught me about these incredible ingredients that all promote hair health and hair growth that have been used for centuries. And so I started buying these ingredients and they would often come in a leaf form that I would make into a tea or capsules. Wow. Yeah. And so I started to take them and noticed really incredible results with my own hair. And I thought, well, then I'd go into the salon because my what I really loved about hairdressing was that I could share my knowledge with my clients. And so many of my clients yeah. were experiencing hair challenges. So I'd tell them about these ingredients as well. But through my experience as a hairdresser, I also knew that if there was a product with those ingredients in them that you could put topically onto the hair, that the results would be even more powerful. So that's when Robe was born. Absolutely. That's amazing. I love that. I love how you were making them into tea capsules. That's great. (laughs) A bit of DIY. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. And so during obviously through this process and your busy career as it is, your life took an unexpected turn and you rushed yourself to hospital with crippling migraines. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me what it was like and your story about being diagnosed with a brain tumor. And what was it like for you receiving a diagnosis like that? I can only imagine you just didn't feel like it was real. No, exactly. It was the most surreal and terrifying experience I've ever had. That's for sure. Also, maybe the most surreal part about it was that one of my best friends, Sophia, had a brain tumor just a few years before my diagnosis. And so I'd heard her tell her story so many times that I knew it inside out. So when the words came out of the doctor's mouth that I had a brain tumor, 
I thought I'm in some strange parallel universe. Like this is not actually happening to me because what are the odds it would happen to two best friends? That's yeah, very, very surreal experience. So, but apart from the initial shock, I actually had such an incredibly positive experience with my brain tumor. Um, I wouldn't wish it wow. on anyone, but when I look back, on my experience when it comes to getting through it and recovering through it. I feel extremely fortunate. There has been some long lasting effects with me losing my vision, but apart from that, I still have my two arms, two legs, and I can still luckily have been able to still launch robe and my health is recovering all the time. So I'm very lucky. That's incredible. Wow. It's just the fact that it had happened to one of your closest friends only years prior, mm. it's it's just, you can't write that, right? No. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so can you tell us a little bit more and the listeners a little bit more about your story, how it all unfolded and, and what exactly happened and what you were diagnosed with specifically? Yeah, sure. So I'd always had migraines ever since I was about 15 and migraines run in my family. So I just put it down to my genes and I learned ways to cope at the back of the salon. I would have a stash of Nurofen and Panadol. And if I felt my migraines coming on, which was every two to three months, I might get one. I would take some painkillers and sit down for a second. And then I would literally just go back to work. Like I wasn't like I wasn't one of those people that had to go home and lock myself in a dark room for three days. So I always felt like it's just in my DNA that I get these headaches. But yeah. it must have been, well, it was April or March of 2021. And the headaches that were normally every two to three months increased very quickly to the point where I had a couple of months and then it was a couple of weeks and then it was two in a day. Wow. And I felt this isn't normal, but I have been stressed. COVID was a few months ago. I've been very busy and put it down to just being too busy to look after myself. But I felt like after COVID, there was such a pressure for me to catch up on all of the missed work that I'd had that I thought I can't stop now. And so I can't let my clients down. I'll push through. But I tried everything. I went to the chiropractor. I all of I finally got a scan booked in, but it was not quick enough. So I had to, I was just trying to take painkillers every day and then they weren't working. And so the pressure in my head was just too much. And I just felt like I was actually going crazy from the pain, like constant pain like that for weeks on end is just so debilitating. So I took myself to hospital thinking that I'd hopefully just get some stronger (laughs) painkillers, not knowing that what was going to happen and still not even feeling like maybe subconsciously feeling like there was something wrong, but I didn't want to go there. So took myself to hospital and finally got a scan. And yeah, then the doctor told me that I had a huge brain tumor. He said, I can't believe that you are cognitive and we need to get this out of your head ASAP because the worry was that at any moment I could have gone unconscious and not woken up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was pretty terrifying. That timing. That's amazing that they were able to, and that you were able to go there in time for, so you didn't fall unconscious. Mm. That is absolutely insane, I know. isn't it? I just feel so lucky. Wow. Yeah. And so you had it removed and then you started intense radiation and chemotherapy as well. Yeah. So 
when they don't know until they take the tumor out or until they go in for the surgery, whether or not it's cancerous. And mine unfortunately was cancerous. It was initially diagnosed as stage four cancer, and then they downgraded it to a stage three, but it was an extremely rare tumor called a PXA, which just means that there's multiple types of tumor in one tumor. So very unpredictable and very, yeah, probably not one that you would want to get, that's for sure. Absolutely not. No. So I started six weeks of radiation. I had to close my salon immediately. That was my whole life changed so much that day. I had to close my business and focus on my health, which is probably what my body had been trying to tell me for a while. Slow down and look after yourself, but I didn't listen to the signs. So then I was forced to, as it happens. And then at the end of my radiation, so my hair fell out three weeks into the radiation, which was extremely traumatic. I was told to expect it. So I knew, and I was obsessive about checking my hair every day and be like, it's not falling out yet. It's not falling out yet. Maybe I'm going to be the lucky one. Maybe because I would visualize when I was having my treatments in the radiation machine, I would visualize my hair staying in my head and that I could overcome it by visualization. So I thought I've done it. My hair hasn't fallen out. And then one day in the shower, it just all fell out into my hands and it was just so difficult and traumatic and distressing. And yeah, it was even, I, even as someone who had experienced hair loss before from stress and understanding and knowing what it's like and to have your hair fall out in your hands, this was very difficult because then you can no longer hide what you're going through. People can see that you're sick instantly. I also had a very gnarly scar on the side of my head that was confronting for people. So I felt very self-conscious of that too. So I would wear a beanie Mm -hmm. and I had three more weeks of radiation at that point. By the time I finished the radiation, the doctors actually sat me down and told me that because of the amount of radiation that I had to have for my particular type of tumor, it was a very intense treatment, a lot stronger than apparently what most people would have. And so my hair follicles had been severely damaged and that the hair loss that I'd had was going to be permanent. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was a very awful day for me as someone who had created a life and a career around the importance of hair and also knowing firsthand how hair affects people's mindset. I knew that because as a hairdresser, I see when someone's feeling great about their hair, how great they feel and when they're having a bad hair day. So I had to process the idea of that for the rest of my life, I was going to be walking around bald and with a huge scar and that as superficial as this might sound, that I wouldn't ever have the opportunity to change my hairstyle again. And I would never have the opportunity to play around with expressing my style through my hair, which I'd loved that aspect of hairdressing so much for my life through my clients that I was very devastated about that. Absolutely. Like you would be. You said that you have built your life and your career around hair and servicing others and this were and you were working on rope hair care as well. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting how life works because 
but you did go under radiation and chemo and how they said that it was permanent, but you actually had samples of rope hair yeah. care to lean on during this time as well. So what happened with that? Well, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Like when I think about it and I talk about this, it really makes me think that I have been, there's been some pretty beautiful twists and things that have happened in my life. But the first product or one of the first products in the range that I was adamant to des- like to develop was the tonic, which is a concentrated scalp treatment that can be sprayed onto any areas. I've designed it for women that go through postpartum hair loss or that have stress-related hair loss and that need something to spot treat or to put on their scalp in areas that are showing signs of thinning or hair loss or shedding. So I developed it for that and had samples of it. And I'd used it on my hair before my diagnosis when I had hair. And my hair had become over those months, the healthiest, the best condition that it's ever been. And so I knew the product was good because my hair has always been fine, but I've always shed a lot every couple of months and it's never been very strong. But when I started using the tonic, my hair was transformed. Beautiful. It was just, that was why it was probably so devastating when it fell out. But anyway, I knew that it worked. So I started using it on my scalp. That was when I was just starting chemotherapy. So after my radiation, I had to do 12 months of chemotherapy. So I started chemotherapy with no hair and used the tonic and was only a few months later that I had a full head of hair again during chemotherapy, which is, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. people lose their I hair. Know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know, yeah. You gained it during I know. So I became my own clinical trial or clinical study, so in some, a roundabout way. Yeah. But at least I can now yeah. put my hand on my heart and say it works. Absolutely. You're the best guinea pig your yeah, exactly. brand could have. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. What a story. That's incredible. And it goes to show that what you were working on was really something Mm. and having a full head of hair after three months and you were undergoing chemo at that time, it's just remarkable. Mm. Yeah. Very proud of them. And so, yeah, absolutely. So you should be. And tell me more about rope hair care and the other types of hair problems or hair types that the brand caters for. So there's the thickening and then the lengthening. So they're both very high-performing growth-stimulating products. The thickening, as you would understand, is a product that helps increase the density of the hair, but then the lengthening is all about, you know, there's so many people out there that reach for hair extensions because they feel that their hair gets to a certain point and then it won't grow anymore. Yes. Yeah. So the lengthening is about helping the hair extend the growth cycle so that the hair has the ability to actually grow longer. And then there's the youthful range, which is all about softening and helping people manage thick, coarse, wiry hair that might be showing signs of aging. So as we get older, we lose or can lose the radiance that our hair had that we when we were younger. So right. the shine and the condition, the elasticity, and that can also be, be because of when gray hairs start coming through, the texture changes. So they become coarse right. and wiry and 
it can just be very hard to manage thick and coarse hair. Like fine hair is, or thinning hair is not the, just the one of the most difficult hair types. Coarse thick hair is very difficult for people to manage. And so I wanted to help people to not feel so frustrated when they had really thick hair and help give them something that helped them style, brush, manage hair that is difficult because it's thick. And then there is the Clean and Finish, which I'm really proud of. The Clean and Finish is a all-in-one. So it's a cleansing conditioner that actually adds texture to your hair. So the reason I developed it was because I really saw people wanting and needing a product for a minimalistic hair approach. There shouldn't need to be 10 different styling products in your cupboard in order for you to feel happy with your hair. I wanted to give someone a product that could give them or bring out their hair's best natural texture without adding any styling product. So it's like perfect for weekend hair, you know, when you want to wash and go and you want to be able to let your hair air dry without having to style it with heat and lots of styling products. So it's really beautiful. People are loving that, which oh, makes me so proud because awesome. it's totally unique. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. like it on the market. And I kind of came up with it seeing that a lot of people don't want to be a slave to their hair routine anymore. Yeah, and it can take ages. I know, oh, I know. God. And we're busy people. <laughs> Yeah, we've got things. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a full range. There's 10 products and they all have wow. a very strong treatment basis in that they all have a lot of different active ingredients and they all have very high performance. They're all effectively treatments in their own right, even the shampoos. So I definitely I'm really proud of all of the products I've bought out and now that we've finally launched, it just makes me so proud and so happy when I get to read and hear people's feedback that they are genuinely loving it because my whole goal was to help people to fall back in love with their hair again. And it's yeah. working. So it makes me makes oh, my heart exactly. swell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, congratulations, Lauren. That's such an incredible story. And you've obviously created something that people absolutely love and you should be so proud. And <laughs> It sounds amazing. I also love the packaging. It would just look so nice in your shell. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that because a big part, obviously, about what Robe makes Robe unique is the active ingredients. But knowing what it's like, like personally, I've had experience with feeling frustrated and hating my hair and dreading. When you're feeling frustrated with your hair, you very quickly dread everything that you have to do with it. So washing it, if your hair's falling out in your hands, you don't want to wash your hair. You, If your hair's hard to blow wave, you don't want to wash your hair. You want to avoid it. So in order to help make or rebuild people's relationship to their hair and make their relationship positive again, I knew that as much as the active ingredients were important, that the entire product experience had to be really beautiful and luxurious. So I spent a lot of time on the packaging and all of those details in order for that to happen. Oh, it looks so nice. It looks very luxe. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so what are, I guess, your goals or hopes and dreams for Robe now that you've launched and now that there's obviously positive feedback. Where do you see your brand in the next year to five years and so on? My next goal, like I'd really love to see it in salons because I do think that, I guess, 
I mean, if I was still a hairdresser, I would definitely love to have it in my salon because I think it does benefit from having someone prescribe or that's kind of why I've got such an informative website because I always loved sharing my knowledge as as a hairdresser with my clients and also explaining and informing and educating my clients of why we do these things or why this ingredient's important or so now that I can't be a hairdresser anymore, I've extended that kind of idea into robe. So all of that education and everything that I can't maybe directly give to my clients anymore is now on the website. So I think also if it was in a salon, that kind of flow on from me. Absolutely. Yeah. And because I saw you also have a hair quiz on your website, which is really helpful too. Mm, yeah, thank you. I think I wanted it to be, I even was going to call it like a hair consult. It's kind of like having, talking to your hairdresser and saying, what do I need to do? Or how can I get, how can I love my hair more? How can I get the best out of what my hair is naturally? So it's just an extension of that idea. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. It's so helpful because sometimes you can get a bit overwhelmed being like, oh, God, yeah. I don't know what's like right for exactly. me. Exactly. So that's good for us who are like, I feel like I have a million problems with my hair, but which one <laughs> Which is one is it? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad you like it. It's like a personality match. That's almost. right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And so where can we purchase Robe Hair Care from? At the moment, it's mainly online. We do have a little boutique store in Melbourne called Loom, which is now stocking. And hopefully in the next few months, you'll be able to find it in your favorite salons. But at the moment, it's just online. RobeHairCare.com. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. And I'm going to end on a few random questions for you. (laughs) So this is something I do with all my guests. So just a few that I just thought of. Okay. (laughs) So the first one, probably just a bit of a random education question from me, but is there such thing as washing our hair too frequently? Yes, I would say there is. I think so. Something that's really important is for your hair, you don't want to upset the balance of your oil production. And so if you're stimulating your scalp too regularly, your scalp is going to try and balance out the oil production. So if you're even if you're cleaning it too much, the act of scrubbing your scalp is actually going to stimulate the scalp to produce more oil because it's trying to rebalance. So you could probably, if you're someone, I mean, I am saying all of this as technically that is what I know about hair from my experience, but I am someone that loves fresh hair. I I like to wash my hair all the time. So if you like that feeling, I would recommend either rinsing with water and kind of giving it a gentle massage, trying to loosen up and freshen up your hair or rinsing and using a conditioner or a cleansing conditioner would be even better like robes clean and finish so that it's not actually stripping anything it's actually nourishing so that you still get the clean fresh feeling but you're not necessarily scrubbing and lathering and then stripping out all of that oil does that make sense right that's a great tip I just because I find that my hair can get kind of oily quite quickly so I'm like, oh my God, but I need to keep washing it. But then it's, well, if I keep washing it, yeah. then problems are going to arise too. It's like a vicious cycle. Oh, well, I'll send you some robe thickening range. That'll help balance out your oil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Perfect. And so what's one way that you like to de-stress and relax? 
Wow, there's many. I've become really good at de-stressing and relaxing in the last 18 months. Let me think off the top of my head. My favorite thing is to meditate or get my nails done. That feels like such a luxury. Although I don't find that relaxing during, it's only afterwards. So let me retract that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I love to have a sauna and I love to, I think probably... I would say it's probably meditate, although I don't do it enough. So now that I'm vocalizing that out loud, I'm going to do it more. (laughs) Have a glass of wine and watch the TV. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like up my alley too. (laughs) I do like a meditation though. I find that there's always this one particular one that if I've had a stressful Mm -hmm. day, I fall asleep to it, which is really nice. So it's doing its job. I'm on the meditation train too. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but glass of wine. Yeah, it's all about balance. Exactly. And so if there's one product you have to recommend from Robe, what is it and why? Even though I feel like I might know the answer to this already. I would have to say it's the tonic. Yeah. It's just, it's such an overall, it's so concentrated. It does so many things and you can put it on and no one knows that you've got it on. Like I designed it because when it comes to shampoos and conditioners, which all of our shampoos and conditioners are very active, but when you think about the contact time that a shampoo and conditioner has on your hair, it's depending how long you like to stay in your shower, but it's not a very long time generally. And I wanted to be able to increase the performance or offer something that can be left on the scalp and worn in between washes in order to boost all of those actives that you'll put on during your shampoo and conditioner. So the tonic for that reason, I designed it to be, it's the consistency of water and it has no fragrance. So it literally goes on invisibly. And I find it actually gives my hair volume. So rather than a treatment or a spray that you put on your scalp and that's going to make your hair feel dirty or anything like that, it's kind of the opposite, if anything. And you can leave it on for three days or however long until you wash your hair again. And then it's working that entire time. It is incredible. That is cool. I like that. I like that you can put it on and have it on in between. That's really cool because I think like a lot of things that I've seen in the past, like with anything to do with hair growth, it's usually just shower based or damp hair based. And also when you think about the idea of a hair mask or a hair treatment, we've probably been educated to think that we have to dedicate time for a hair treatment or hair mask. And that thing in our mind, we think, oh, I'll do it next week. Or I'll do it next time. And we never do it yeah. because how often do we want to get out of the shower, put a treatment in our hair and then get back in the shower later and rinse it off? Like it just doesn't seem, what is mm-hmm. what a, another thing that I love about the tonic is that you're doing something amazing for your hair and you don't have to necessarily dedicate any time to it. It takes two seconds to put on, walk out the door and you're done. You've got your treatment in. I love that. That's awesome. I feel like everyone needs to try that product. So incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Lauren, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. I know that you've really gone through it and it's so lovely to see that you're doing really well. And I can't thank you enough for opening up. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Fashion Avenue. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with all things Fashion Avenue and the latest happenings, you can follow us on Instagram and sign up to our newsletter. All the links are down below and I'll catch you in the next episode of Fashion Avenue.